This is the Grind It Podcast. We know just like grinding a handrail or a cross of coping can be challenging at times, so can life be. We share God's word and personal stories to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. All right, so Jesus is going to go um, to the temple and, and cleanse it from these people who've been selling animals for sacrifices. They're, they're basically making a profit. And uh, Jesus is going to um, scold them, turn these animals loose and get these people out of there. And again, this is a fulfillment of prophecy from Isaiah 56, 7 and Jeremiah chapter 7, verse 11. Before we get there, can we back up to verse 11? Mm -hmm. Jesus entered Jerusalem and went into the temple courts. He looked around at everything. Pause right there. What does Jesus see when he comes into our places of worship? He looks around at everything. And that can be us individually, right? We were just talking about before we started recording that we are the temple of the Lord, right? He comes into this temple and he looks around at everything. There's nothing hidden from his gaze. There's nothing that's not laid bare in his presence. And he, he sees the good, the bad, the ugly, mm-hmm. right? But but also, let's let's pull out a little bit. When he comes into our places of worship and fellowship as the body of Christ, okay, our, our church, if you will, our fellowship, what does he see? He sees everything. Right? Um, and it doesn't say that he, he gives a, a nod of assent, like, hey, all, all's well. It doesn't say he comes judging necessarily at this point right it doesn't say he's looking with disdain at at what's going on but he observes everything and he's still right he's seated at the right hand of the father living to make intercession for us he still sees everything there's nothing nothing hidden so just want to bring that out i was wondering if he's thinking boy y'all gonna get it tomorrow (laughs) When I come back. <laughs> you know, or, right, are are there things that he sees? He might leave it for a time. But Well, if you uh, think about it, that's what, to, kind of what's going on right now. We're waiting for his return. Coming back to deal with that. He's letting things go right now. He, the, the, tea, the, the, tea, the tares and the wheat are right. growing up together. Remember the parable, the, mm-hmm, you know, when, mm-hmm. he, the, when the farmer said, the worker said, do we need to go in, some enemies come in and, and so... Uh, tears among the wheat do we need to go pull up tears and, and the, the owner of the farm said no just let, let them grow, grow together, up together. And we'll separate them in the end mm-hmm. you know so we're waiting for jesus to come back to you know to to cleanse all that to take care of it so it's kind of what's going on here and what you're saying goes along with what you're saying because i mean it's all happening I and mean, then one day it's going to be mm-hmm. the cleansing's coming and it come ain't going to be pretty right which is what we've been talking about. Right. Judgment begins first yeah. at the house of the Lord. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, you... The house whew. of God. You got the the the, the, the seals, the trumpets, mm-hmm. and then I'll be preaching on the bowls yeah. on the 25th at 322 Lindsay Street in Alcoa, Tennessee at Authentic Church. Come check us out at 10 a.m. 
<laughs> um, so, yeah, was you done with that? Yes, just go on to verse mm, 12. That's a, that's a good thought. So, um, would you um, would you read 12 through 25? I know it's a lot, but this is where Jesus curses the fig tree and he cleanses the temple. The next day, as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. Seeing in the distance, too bad they didn't have little Debbie's because we had fig. We got figs. Ah, she said he needed a Snickers. (laughs) 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 We're not getting any endorsements here. Sorry. Go ahead. All right. Try that again. Take two. Our figs come from California. (laughs) Fig Newtons. The next day, <laughs> sorry. As they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. Seeing in the distance a fig tree in leaf, he went to find out if it had any fruit. When he reached it, he found nothing but leaves, because it was not the season for figs. Then he said to the tree, "May no one ever eat fruit from you again." And his disciples heard him say it. On reaching Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple courts and began driving out those who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves and would not allow anyone to carry merchandise through the temple courts. As he taught them, he said, It is not written, My house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. But you have made it a den of robbers. Does it 25? No. The chief priest and the teachers of the law heard this and began looking for a way to kill him. For they feared him because the whole crowd was amazed at his teaching. When evening came, Jesus and his disciples went out of the city. In the morning, as they went along, they saw the fig tree withered from the roots. Peter... Peter remembered and said to Jesus, Rabbi, look, the fig tree you cursed has withered. Have faith in God, Jesus answered. Truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believe that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. And when you stand, pray- and when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them, so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. Mm. Good stuff. Well, that 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 peaceful man that was riding on that donkey, been so peaceful all of a sudden. <laughs> can you imagine being one of the twelve disciples and seeing this going on? Because, as far as I can remember, I, I don't remember him acting like this any other time. Do you? What when he's turning over tables? Yeah. He 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 didn't act angry like this. Well, I mean, there were several times that he you know had harsh words to say with Pharisees or Sadducees, right? You right. brood of vipers. Yeah. Who warned you to come flee from the coming wrath? Yeah. Right? I mean there were there were times that he had really some hard things to say to people, um, and but never violent, right? Not that we know of, not that we have evidence of, um, but here 
you know, it's it's not just an aggression. It's not just like, hey, Jesus woke up with too much testosterone that day. You know, <laughs> he, he thought he would show his awesome strength by flipping over some tables. No, there was righteous indignation about what was being done mm-hmm. in that church. So, I mean, think about what we went we went back to in verse 11, right? He saw everything that was going on in the temple courts. And he looked around at everything. And since it was late, they went back to Bethany. And then the next day he comes in to deal with it. And like you said, you know, woe to us if we don't deal with some of the stuff in us mm-hmm. personally. Right. If we don't deal with some of the stuff that is happening in our churches that is not in alignment with his word. Because he's going to come back and deal with that. Oh, yeah. And he may be flipping over tables, right? <clears throat> when people expect us as Christians to be, hey, be like Jesus and be all peaceful and, and kind and forgiving. Don't forget that that same mm-hmm. Jesus, the lion and the lamb, yeah. you know, um, that he also gets angry <laughs> at injustice and flips over some tables sometimes. Lord, what kind of tables do you need to turn over in me? Mm-hmm. All of us. I, I, I like the way um, the end of the chapter goes. And he, when he goes back to the temple area, he's walking through there like, uh-huh. You got what, you know, taking care of business here. And the religious leaders are like, by what authority are you doing these things? Yeah. Who gave you the right to do these things? Mm-hmm. And... They think that, you know, that they're, they're, they're going to trap him or whatever. They're going to get him. But Jesus, pun intended, turns the tables on them mm-hmm. and says, I tell you by what, uh, I'll tell you by what authority I do these things if you answer one question. So all you got to do is answer this one question. Did John's authority to baptize come from heaven or was it merely human? Answer me. And they have their little huddle, their group discussion. Yeah, and they say, well, if, it, if we say it's from heaven, he will ask, why didn't John? Uh, why didn't we believe John? Mm-hmm. But do we dare say it was merely human? For they were afraid of what the people would do because everyone believed that John was a prophet. So they finally replied, we don't know. And Jesus said, I ain't telling you by what authority I do these things. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you nothing. I ain't going to tell you. Um, so I thought that was pretty interesting. Mm. So going back to the fig tree, um, I'm not an expert. Shocking to discover that I know, but <laughs> so <laughs> I read up on some stuff on this on this fig tree business because I, I know there's there's got to be something to it because Mark specifically points out that this fig tree withered from the roots up. Mm-hmm. Usually, when you when you're out and about and you see something withering a flower or whatever it, it, it it's going from the top down okay this one started at the roots and came up mm. now, I will mention this is that and, and there's explanations for it and you can google it on your own if it's going to cause you to lose your soul or whatever but um, Matthew mentions that this happened this withering happened immediately and Mark mentions that it happened 
over time. Like a like Jesus cursed it, they came back the next day and saw that it had withered. So there's a discrepancy there in the Gospels. You got two different views, two different guys telling the story. So, well, but my guess is that they were not sitting there at the tree watching it happen. Yeah, that'd be no, one let's see what happens. Yeah. How long does it take? Anybody got a sundial on them? Let's see. It actually takes weeks for, An hour? for a tree for a to fig wither? tree to wither. Yeah. And so it happens really fast. Um, but there is an expl- there's actually an explanation for it. I just didn't take time to put it in the notes because okay. to me it's no big deal. Okay. But you know, if, like I said, if it's going to cause somebody not to believe in Jesus, then you need to study it because mm. I mean it's a fig tree. Um, that didn't have any figs. So, what was the significance of the fig tree right, that didn't have so any figs? I went to gotquestions.org okay. because you know that's where all the, uh, the the wise people go to get their their Bible information. <laughs> No, it's actually a pretty good website. Okay, okay. So, um, so it says the presence of a of a fruitful fig tree was considered to be a symbol of a blessing and prosperity for the nation of Israel. Likewise, the absence or death of a fig tree was symbolized judgment and rejection. Mm. Symbolically, the fig tree represented the spiritual deadness of Israel. Come on. <laughs> Who, while very religious outwardly, with all the sacrifices and ceremonies, were spiritually barren because of their sins. Reminds me of the scripture that says that you you have a form of godliness but denying mm-hmm. its power. Mm-hmm. Right? You have you have leaves all over you. You look like you're fruitful. You look like you're alive. Right? What does Jesus say in Revelation to one of the churches? Mm-hmm. You have a reputation of being alive, but you are actually dead. Yeah. You know, you are full of dead men's bones. You know, you you look like you're alive. You look you look religious and all, but not well. Right. Go ahead. All right. So symbolically, the fig tree represents the spiritual deadness of Israel, who, while very religiously outwardly, with all the sacrifices and ceremonies, were spiritually barren because of their sins. By cleansing the temple and cursing the fig tree, causing it to wither and die, Jesus was pronouncing his coming judgment of Israel. And demonstrating his power to carry it out. It also teaches the principle that religious profession and observance are not enough to guarantee salvation unless there is the fruit of genuine salvation evidenced in the life of the person. Mm, come on. James would later echo this truth when he wrote that faith without works is dead. James two twenty six. Mm-hmm. The lesson of the fig tree is that we should bear spiritual fruit. Come on. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. Which we is the just fruit talking fruit. about this yes. earlier today. Yes, we were. The lesson of the fig tree is that we should bear spiritual fruit, not just give an appearance of religiosity. That's a big word. Mm-hmm. God judges fruitlessness and expects that those who have a relationship with him will bear much fruit. John 15, 5 through 8, which when he talks about the pruning of the the trees and all that. Okay, so obviously I'm not going to hold out my arm and a bunch of grapes appear. Right. Correct? Right? I'm not going to have peaches that sprout out of my head. <clears throat> what kind of fruit are we talking about? What kind of fruit should I be bearing as a follower of Jesus? What should I be demonstrating? Well, I, don't, I can't quote it, so I'm looking it up. What are the fruits of the Spirit? Yeah, but the Holy or Spirit produces... the fruit of the Spirit. Yeah. Go ahead. 
You got it? Go the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I wrote a song about that years ago. With Nacy? No, it was, it was by myself. I wrote it for kids. Oh. So, these are the fruits of the Spirit. <laughs> love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. These are the fruits of the Spirit. Hey, I got to... I gotta make it into a song if I gotta remember it. That's what I I need to do. So, um, right. So those are things that we should be bearing. Those things should be evident in our lives if we are believers. Does it mean we're never gonna have a bad day? No. Does it mean that we won't ever be impatient? Don't think so. But in general, those should be the fruit that that's evident and and there are some that will argue that there is one fruit and that is love that's the first one Mm. and out of that the other ones flow and are they are examples of the fact that we have this love right um but what i was also thinking just as as believers we should be harvesting right we should be bearing fruit and crops harvest if you will of souls bringing people into the kingdom bringing people into the knowledge of god bringing people into a deeper relationship with christ jesus and not just saying oh lord bless my four and no more right i'm good i'm in i got my fire insurance but that we should be bringing others into that relationship with Christ. Do me a favor. Go and check out some awesome worship music that's written and sung by my beautiful wife, Mary Tucker. And you can check that out at marygamboamusic.com. Mary is the worship leader at Authentic Church at 322 Lindsay Street in Alcoa, Tennessee. Now you can check us out and come worship with us on Sundays at 10 a.m. And we'd love to have you there. Also, you can download Mary's songs wherever you stream your music. If you would like to book Mary for your next event, contact her through the website at marygamboamusic.com or you can text her at area code 865-418-2824. We look forward to worshiping with you soon. Now, back to the podcast. This goes along with what you're saying. I am the true grapevine, this John 15, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that does not produce fruit. And he pr- what happens to a branch when it gets cut off? He cuts off every branch of mine that does not produce fruit. And he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so that they will produce even more fruit. Mm-hmm. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. He's talking to his disciples. Remain in me and I will remain in you. Why would we remain in Jesus? Because he is the source of nutrition, right? Life, okay. nourishment, yeah. yeah. So remain in me. And I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. Who's the vine? Jesus is the vine. Mm -hmm. We are the branches. Mm -hmm. And get this. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Mm -hmm. So it's not that we're producing fruit. He's producing fruit through us. Mm Mm-hmm. 
because he even says you can't do anything without, without me right outside of me so it takes Holy Spirit in us mm-hmm. working those things out I am the vine you are the branches those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit for apart from me you can't do anything mm-hmm. anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers Such branches are gathered into a pile and burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. Mm. This brings great glory to my Father. And how are we going to produce that fruit? Jesus says it over and over and over again in just those nine verses. Remain, yeah, or eight verses. Remain in Him. Remain in Him. It's all about Him. And him working through us, which is what we just said. The the Holy Spirit produces that fruit in us. Well, who's the Holy Spirit? It's Jesus living inside of us. The Father living inside of us. John 14. Right? Right. So the key is being in Christ. In Jerusalem, many, many, many of the Jews rejected Jesus. Mm-hmm. We, we just talked about this in several podcasts ago because of their rejection of Jesus the Gentiles were grafted in Paul talks about in Romans now interesting that uh, at verse 17 okay he he is angry right this righteous indignation is happening because they have they've been carrying merchandise through the temple courts and we might not think a whole lot about that, but this says the house of prayer for all nations. Isaiah 56, 7 assured godly Gentiles that they would be allowed to worship God in the temple by allowing the court of the Gentiles to become a noisy, smelly marketplace. The Jewish religious leaders were interfering with God's provision for a place for them to worship. Right? Because there were outer courts and inner courts you know right places where people as gentiles could come right say i'm i'm a gentile and i've converted to judaism i can come into that outer court and still worship god there and participate in um the feast right the festivals a pilgrimage um and so he's saying hey my my house will be a house of prayer for all nations Right, but you are interfering with people's with with God's provision for people to come into my presence. Mm-hmm. Not only did they take financial advantage of the people, but they also robbed the temple of its sanctity. Right? I mean, let's take the donkey for example. If we bring that into into the sanctuary at church, eventually. The donkey may befoul the <laughs> befoul the sanctuary, right? It may crap. Right. <laughs> That's one way to put and it. Stink it up. <laughs> right. I mean. Do we need a donkey for that? <laughs> no, but just think about it. That that these things are happening. Even even the doves. Bring the spray. Or even the um, the lambs that they would bring in. Right, the goats that would be there, and and they were being provided for people to to make a sacrifice, right? Mm-hmm. But all of that brings 
some excrement with it. Right. So, I mean, you're really befouling the, the sanctuary. You know, if, if we brought a garbage can in and dumped it out in the sanctuary of the church, somebody's going to get upset, right? You're, you're not holding very sacred, our sacred place to worship. What are you doing? You know, um, we, we'd be a little upset. So Jesus is being a little upset about the fact that this place that's supposed to be set apart and sanctified, holy, and a place of worship is being being trashed. But what's more befouling, if the word you're using, than the animals is their hearts. Right. The hearts of the people, the religious leaders. Right. Who are supposed to be pointing the way to God. Right. And they're, they're bringing so much division Mm-hmm. And greed. I mean, their heart. I mean, they were they were they were selling these animals to make a profit. Right. They didn't care about the, the people making the sacrifice. They, no, they did. They literally did not care about the people who were coming to buy the animals. They were they were they cared about that that dollar bill, which they you know it wasn't a dollar bill, but you know I mean the money they were going right. to receive. They didn't give one rat's batootie or whatever. Oh, and just make up something here about the people's soul that was coming in to buy the animals. Mm-hmm. They just wanted to sell the animals so they can make a profit, mm-hmm. and their pockets were getting fatter. They just—they didn't care, and 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 that's what that's what Jesus is so upset about. And uh, also, this is another prophecy being fulfilled: Jeremiah seven eleven. You already brought up Isaiah. Okay. Uh, Jeremiah seven eleven. Don't you yourselves? Don't you yourselves admit that this temple, which bears my name, has become a den of thieves? Surely I see all the evil going on there. Ah, the Lord has spoken. And you said it while ago. Nothing gets past God. Mm. The the stench, the crap, whatever, however you want to say it, it's in our hearts. It's going to be revealed. Mm-hmm. It may, you know, we may get about with it now, or for a time. Mm-hmm. But the Bible says your sin will find you out. Right. And it, 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 there, you you pray it a lot, and you say you say something to this effect a lot about exposing. Mm-hmm. Again, you you prayed this morning in, in uh, during prayer time at church about God bringing a light and exposing things in our lives that don't belong. Mm-hmm. You know the sin, right? And and that's what Jesus is doing here. He's exposing these religious leaders and the sin. I mean, he's been doing it the whole time in right. his ministry, but. But now he's not hiding it. He's just, man, he's just letting it rip. And he's putting on a display with this, what you call it, righteous anger or whatever. Mm-hmm. He's overturning the tables. You know the disciples got to be getting fired up over this. Mm-hmm. They're like, yeah, here we go, here we go. We've got some action going on here. We've got, you know, this is going to kick all this off. So they leave the city in, in verse 19. And the next morning, they go along. They see the fig tree withered and peter is like hey look that fig tree you cursed it's it's withered up and jesus uses this as another teaching point of you know i tell you you know have faith in god Mm -hmm. verse 22 right in verse 22 have faith in god and if any one of you says to this mountain go throw yourself into the sea and you don't doubt 
So he brings it back to, okay, practical application. Here's how to use this in prayer, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Because he said something specifically. Go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart that, but believes that what they said will happen, it will be done for them. Just like he had said to the tree. He's man, our words have power. Yes, they do. Right? Power and life. And power of death, life and death, death in and the tongue. And them that love it will eat the fruit thereof. And there's a the fruit again. Yeah. Right? We can speak curses. We can speak blessing. And when when we speak things, if we don't doubt in our heart, but believe what we say will happen, it will be done for them. Yeah. Whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Look at verse 25, talking about the heart and the stench and the crap that's in the heart. But when you are praying, because he just said, I tell you, you can pray for anything. And if you believe that that you received it, it will be yours. Not maybe, it will mm-hmm. be yours. Mm-hmm. You either believe that or you don't. Right. I, I, I got the red letter version on, mm-hmm. on my Bible gateway here. Yeah. That's in red. Yeah. That's Jesus so, speaking it, right? Yeah. And he says, you can pray for anything. You believe it, you receive it, it'll be yours. But when you are praying, first forgive anyone you were holding a grudge against so that your Father in Heaven will forgive your sins too. Mm-hmm. So here's one thing that hinders our prayers. Unforgiveness. Right? Yeah. Unforgiveness. So we throw this here at the end of the podcast. Yeah. A pretty heavy subject. <laughs> <laughs> but so, when you are praying. Yeah. Deal with it first. Yeah. Forgive anyone. What What is forgiveness? Just real quick. Canceling a debt. Yeah. Right? I, I believe it's a financial term. You yeah. know, you owe me $100 and I say I forgive you. That means I'm canceling that debt like as if it didn't right as if it didn't exist mm-hmm. and forgiveness is not an option it's it's commanded right and Jesus covers this in the Sermon on the Mount well, right in the Lord's others, Prayer right, right. Mm-hmm. forgive us forgive us our sins as we forgive those who trespass against us right or yeah. forgive us our trespasses I learned it that way right only forgive me as much as I forgive other people who have sinned against me. And he says, if you don't forgive, then my father won't forgive you. Mm. That's pretty heavy. If our sins aren't forgiven, guess what? We can get into heaven. I need some forgiveness. Anybody? Isn't it in Matthew? It says, freely you have received. Mm-hmm. So freely give. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, freely mm-hmm. So if we've received forgiveness, then we better be dispensing it as well. Out, yeah. Right? Instead of being like that um, unmerciful servant, right, who was forgiven lots of debt and then shook his buddy saying, hey, pay me back what you owe me, right? Um, Yeah, that God doesn't look very kindly on that kind of behavior. If you believe... And really believe it will happen. And have no doubt in your heart. I'll tell you, you can pray for anything. And if you believe it, even if it's just cursing a fig tree and it withering up, 
It'll be yours. When you're praying, first forgive anyone you're holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins. So in other words, when you go to the altar, what did Jesus say? If you know somebody's got something against you, you go make peace with that, that brother or sister. Do your best. Then you come back and present your altar, mm-hmm. your own. Your Sorry. offering, yeah. yeah. Your offering. And that's all in the context of the fig tree being cursed. Mm-hmm. And it, remember, it it, it, it it withered from the roots up, which means the roots is where it gets its nutrients, right? Mm-hmm. It goes back to the heart. Mm-hmm. If your heart ain't right, it's eventually going to show. I think that's what Jesus is showing with this fig tree. Mm-hmm. Your heart is the is, is the root. Right. And if your heart's not right, it will be exposed at some right. point. Mike, it, again, we mentioned this earlier. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Mm-hmm. And if if the heart is not in a and we, we're saying heart. We're not talking about the physical pumping mechanism in your body. Right. We're talking about your inner man, your spirit man, right? That right. that most inner in inward part of you. Um, the if, Hebrew people, the Jews, would say the bowels. Right in that part of you. If that is not right, then it's going to flow out of your mouth. There will be. Bitterness and anger and resentment and and cursing that flows out of your mouth because that's what's stored up in your heart. Mm-hmm. Like the Pharisees and religious leaders mm-hmm. had and were doing. Right. And they're getting exposed. Yeah. So they're asking him, okay, what? Are, what? who gives you the authority to do all this stuff? Yeah. Right? They're, they're mad because he's flipped over some tables and messed up their profits for the day or for a couple of days, right? You cost us money. Yeah. And Jesus, in in his usual form, answers a question with a question, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> and who gave you authority to do this? Jesus replied, I will ask you one question. Well, he makes a statement there, but yeah. answer me and I will tell you by what authority I am doing these things. Hey, John's baptism. Where was it from? Heaven. Man. Mm-hmm. And they just sufficed it to say, we don't know. Not sure. He said, I'm not going to tell you by what authority I am doing these things either. They didn't want to look like idiots by saying uh, by saying it was from heaven because he would say he would have said, "Well, why didn't you believe John?" Right. And then they were afraid of the people. It was a fear of man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because the people believed that John was a prophet. Right. Uh, they didn't want a riot on their hands to deal with. So they're backed in a corner. And so their answer is, we don't know. He says, well, I ain't telling you nothing. I don't have to. Yeah. So. All right, that'll wrap up chapter 11. You got anything else you want to add? I don't think so. You got anything? 
because uh, the next chapter is going to be really interesting because Jesus and the Pharisees and these religious leaders are going to have a showdown and he's going to start telling these parables describing about uh, how wicked these men really are. Mm. Their heart, their, mm-hmm. the root. Expose what's you, in the heart, You can't right? see the roots. The roots are in the ground, right? Mm-hmm. You can't see the roots and, and their roots are about to be exposed. Mm. Their heart. Mm. All right, why don't you pray and we'll end it. Mm. Thank you, Lord. You said that whatever we ask, whatever we ask for in prayer, believe that we received it and it will be yours. So, Lord, we believe, but help us in our unbelief. In the places where we have um, sin and, and things that need to be dealt with within each one of us, God, we pray that you, as painful as it may be sometimes, we pray that you expose those things, bring it to light so that you can deal with it, so that we can um, know your forgiveness and be dispensers of that forgiveness, oh God. Because you tell us not, not to hold anything in our heart against anyone else, but to, to ask you for forgiveness and be able to give it out Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you give us authority to speak your words, to declare your will in the earth. And and you tell us that when we ask in faith, we know it will be done for us. So we ask for an incredible outpouring of your spirit on, on our community, on our area, on our nation, and around the globe Lord, we ask you for revival. And we thank you for it in advance. In Jesus' name, amen. Keep grinding. Thanks for listening to The Grounded Podcast. If we could pray for you or encourage you in any way, please email us at thegroundedpodcast at gmail.com or you can text us at 865-418-2824. If you're watching on YouTube, please click like and subscribe and you'll be notified about new episodes. If you're listening on an app, leave us a five-star review, but most importantly, share the Grinded Podcast with a friend. God bless you, and remember, keep grinding.